Thank you for joining Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is episode 18 of season two. Today's topic is the Hawkeyes Friday night matchup against the Maryland Terrapins. You know, I was thinking this is a rare Friday matchup for the Hawkeyes, but the Hawkeyes, you know, they beat Minnesota last year in a Friday night game on the road. But the Hawkeyes also typically play Nebraska on the Friday after Thanksgiving. I don't really think of that as a Friday game. I love the timing of that game. It gives you the whole weekend after Friday to enjoy with family and friends. But Kirk Ferentz and his staff should be ready to go on a Friday game. They're used to it. They get to do it pretty much every year. The Hawkeyes have won seven in a row on Friday games, and six of those are against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, including last year's game on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Well, last time Iowa traveled to Maryland was 2014. It was a 38-31 to loss, and man, that was a rough one. But on Friday night, it will be a boisterous crowd. Uh, the Maryland Terrapin fans are excited about this team. And they know that the number five ranked team in the nation is coming in. They're seeing some of the close games the Hawkeyes have had. It's going to be a boisterous crowd looking to upset the fifth ranked Hawkeyes in a stadium holding around 51,000 fans. And it's a blackout. They're having a blackout there in Maryland. But keep a lookout for Hawkeye fans attending as there is a movement being started by the East Coast Hawkeye Club to wear gold to stand out in that sea of black. So that's going to be fun to see. When you look at this matchup, it's Iowa's defense against Maryland's offense that really stands out, and that's going to be the theme for this whole podcast. The Hawkeyes are ranked third in all of the FBS in points per game given up. Maryland is 30th in points scored. Maryland has a really good quarterback, Tulia Tungavaloya. His brother is Tua, the great Alabama quarterback, Tua Tungavaloya, who is the quarterback for the Dolphins now, or at least he was until A.J. Epinesa, basically folded him in half last week, fractured his ribs on a big hit when the Dolphins faced the Bills. But Maryland is a top team in passing efficiency. They're 13th in FBS in yards per game. And interestingly enough, Iowa is 13th ranked on defense in yards per game. Iowa is third in yards per play on defense. Maryland is in the top 25 in yards per play on offense. So this is quite a matchup. It's a big-time defense the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they're going up against an offense that is really humming after four games, especially in the passing game. For Maryland, Coach Mike Loxley, he's in his third year now. They seem to be getting a lot of good athletes in there on this team. Uh, they're scoring around 37 points per game, only giving up around 14, so they're getting it done on both ends. The Terps are 4-0. Tungvaloya has a 75.5% completion rate. 1,130 yards, 10 TDs to just one interception. You know, he's, he has a strong arm. He's got a couple of really good wide receivers who can go across the middle, burn you deep. Uh, watching highlights of him, a lot of the big plays come when he scrambles out of the pocket and throws it deep after buying some additional time for his receivers to get open. I thought he was a little bit more, more mobile. Uh, there's some highlights of him running downfield, but he had 26 attempts last year for just 44 yards rushing. Although that does include sacks. And this year he has 18 attempts for 33 yards. Again, it's kind of deceiving because of those sacks. He can bust a big one. He's had a 39-yard run last year and a 35-yard 35 35 run earlier this year. He only played in four games in 2020. He had a 61% completion percentage. Pretty good for just over 1,000 yards and 122 attempts. He's thrown it 25 more times this year. And I think I misspoke earlier with 1,100. He has over 1,300 yards passing 
that incredible 75% completion percentage. A few more notes. Justin Britt missed last week. The offensive guard, Kirk Ferrett, said he's practicing now. So should be able to get some reps this week. Jack Campbell is a captain this week for the first time. Congratulations to him after that unbelievable performance against Colorado State. 18 tackles. He had that great fumble recovery. A couple of passes defended. He was awarded Defensive Player of the Week in the Big Ten in the Bronco Nagurski National Player of the Year Award. And kind of an interesting stat, Maryland has passed for over 300 yards in each game this season. Iowa has not given up a 300-yard passing game since 2019. So again, it's this Maryland offense, this passing juggernaut against this really, really good Iowa defense. Well, Maryland's best win of the season was on week one when they defeated West Virginia 30-24. to They did give up 274 yards passing and a touchdown, but intercepted the West Virginia quarterback twice, had four sacks. The West Virginia running back averaged over four yards per carry, had two TDs. For Maryland, Tungvaloya had over 330 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's 26 of 36, an excellent 72%. But remember, he's 75% on the season as far as accuracy. He's only thrown one interception, so... Man, I mean, this is this is just unfolding to be a, a really interesting game with Iowa's excellent secondary against this quarterback of Tungavaloya. Maryland's running back in this game had 18 carries, 123 yards. Fleet Davis is his name. And another running back, Jacobs, had 50 yards. So you know, Maryland had a couple receivers over 100 yards. They have two good ones, two really good ones. They have about four good ones. Two guys that are probably going to be in the NFL in the future. I'll get to them later. First, a rundown of the other games that they've played so far. They rolled over Howard 62 to nothing, but that's not saying much. Howard is 0-4 on the season with losses to Hampton, Robert Morris, and Richmond, the Spiders. So, you know, really to me, one of the interesting games was Illinois. It looked like Maryland was going to lose. They were down late, got a TD with just over two minutes left, forced a quick punt uh, after Illinois lost a bunch of yards. And then kicked a game-winning field goal with 40 seconds left or so. So they've been stressed. They've been in that situation where their back is against the wall. they got to get a score to win. They needed two scores to get the win, and they did it in, in a short period of time. So that's, you know, they, they've kind of been through, through that type of situation, so that's good for them. But Tungvaloya was the story in this one. 32 of 43 passing, one TD, no interceptions. Four Terrapin receivers had 66 or more yards receiving. Again, talent at that wide receiver position. Illinois had 183 yards rushing, about the same passing. But remember, Illinois is now 1-4, the one win being over Nebraska with losses to University of Texas San Antonio, Virginia, Purdue, and Maryland. I will say Illinois has been pretty close in all those games except Virginia. Big Burt over there in Champaign just can't quite reel in the wins yet. Well, that leaves Kent State, a common opponent. And it's fun to look at how teams did against common opponents, but who knows how much we can glean from it all. Uh, but it's all we have, so let's take a look. Maryland beat Kent State 37-16. to Interestingly enough, Crum for Kent State passed for 308 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a nice TD and a post pattern against the Hawkeyes, but threw for just 185. The Golden Flashes also rushed for 150 yards. But the Hawkeyes only gave up 79 yards rushing against Kent State. And both Maryland and Kent State had nine penalties in that game. And that's something to watch. Maryland does not seem very disciplined. 
they have a highly penalized teams with 28 penalties in four games. Tunga Valoya, he passed for 384 yards in this game. For the Hawkeyes against Kent State, Petrus threw for 209 yards, one TD. But Tunga Valoya, he can sling it. He was 31 of 41, three touchdowns, and it was his one interception on the season in this game. So uh, Petrus had a nice game, too. You know, he was 25 of 36 passing. But, you know, Maryland, they rushed for 142 yards against Kent State while the Hawkeyes rushed for 206. This was the big game, uh, 150 yards for T. Good. So what does this tell us, if anything? More than anything, it just tells us that Maryland has a very good passing offense. I don't care who the competition is. They're averaging over 350 yards passing per game, and, and that's, that's just unbelievable. The ground game has been pretty good with 166 per game, but the focus is definitely on that passing game. They have some really good wide receivers. The top receiver is Dante Demas Jr. He's averaging 18 yards per catch, 111 yards per game. Rakeem Jarrett's averaging 15 yards per catch, 66 yards per game. Deshaun Jones is also averaging 50 yards a game. So they really have some talent in that wide receiver room. It's going to be a fun matchup of Iowa's defense against Maryland's prolific passing offense. You know, maybe too early to call them that based on who they've played so far, but but based on their statistics, that's what they've been against, against that competition. Well, Maryland, you know, they're only giving up 14 points per game. So that means they're keeping teams out of the end zone, only giving up six touchdowns in four games. They scored 18 touchdowns in those games. They're giving up just over 100 yards rushing per game, 212 passing. So those stats look pretty darn good. Uh, again, I'm not sure with the competition, but Maryland has averaged four sacks per game. They're doing a nice job on the defensive line, causing pressure so far this season. But, you know, what is it going to be against better competition? That is what remains to be seen. The keys for the Hawkeyes will be, number one, how does the defense do against Tungvaloya? They aren't going to stop him, but can they slow him down and keep him closer to 250 yards passing, under 300 yards for sure, while keeping the rushing yards down below that 100-yard average. And based, based on what I've seen from the Hawkeyes so far, I think the defense is going to win this one. That young defensive line has been really coming together with the veteran Van Valkenburg, a defensive end. He's having a heck of a season. I like the pressure they've been applying, the job they've done against the run. Um, they need to contain Tengvaloya, not let him get outside of the pocket much because he's dangerous when he buys more time, uh, gives his receivers time to get open. I really love our linebackers, all three of them, Campbell, Jacobs, Benson, and the Iowa secondary is one of the best in the nation. I think Phil Parker will have them up for the task at hand on Friday night. On the other side of the ball, the Hawkeyes need to figure out the run game. I'm hoping they're able to take a lot away from the film session and practice this week, and the running backs will see a hole when they get the ball, and not a wall of defenders. Also, look for Brian Ferentz to add some more wrinkles, use some jet sweeps, reverses, other plays to keep the defense honest. Not let them pack it all in the middle. Uh, if Maryland is selling out on the run, it's going to be up to Spencer Petrus to do what he did last week, find guys downfield. He had some amazing throws last week, and if he can get some passes downfield, not turn it over, continue with a solid completion percentage from the last couple of weeks, it's going to really help open up that run game. It's going to be really interesting to see what the rotation is for that offensive line. Hopefully it's time to get Kyler shot. You know, more plays. He's done 
done well the first two games. Just hasn't quite been in game shape. And, and I have a feeling we're going to see him play at least two-thirds of the snaps against Maryland. But who's it going to be for the other young guys? Colby, uh, DeYoung, Mason Richmond. You know, what kind of snaps are those guys going to see? Jack Plum. Really interesting to see how this offensive line is going to gel and come together. They haven't really done that so far this season. They have at times, but not consistently. My prediction is Iowa 31, Maryland 20. I think the the Terps are going to get into the end zone a couple of times and a couple of field goals. I'm looking for the Hawkeyes to bust out in the running game, both Key Good and IKM, Ivory Kelly Martin, having some strong runs, and the Iowa defense with a couple of takeaways in this game. It's a short week, Friday night game. Let's get another big win, go to 5-0, and and assuming Penn State does the same, I believe they're playing Indiana this week, we should see college game day in Iowa City the following Saturday in a top-five matchup of Iowa hosting Penn State at Kinnick Stadium. So it's one game at a time, so we, they got to focus on Maryland, but that's what I'm hoping we get to see next week. Let's get a W out east. I think this will be a really fun game to watch on Friday night. Until next time, and and by the way, if I don't get a if I don't get a recap podcast out this weekend, that means I'm going to be doing some cone drills, lifting weights, working on my 40 time. The Arizona Wildcats have open tryouts for the football team coming in October, and I mean that's really sad when you think about that. It's a team that's in the Pac-12. They're trying to get students to try out for their 0-4 football team. You know, it's crazy, but I need to get into game shape if I have some eligibility left. So. If you don't hear from me this weekend, that's what I'm doing. But enough of that. My motto for Friday is just win, baby. I don't care if it's one point or 30. Just win and get to 5-0. and Go Hawks!